Are you ready? Go. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. And get down to the business of sport right here on the world famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to Football 2 Plus 3 exclusive to the Ginger's Perspective. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook. Have a look on social media at Football 2 Plus 3 as the best league in the world continues to deliver more and more upsets, more curveballs. And Mo, even more interesting news. I think let's start off by saying, obviously, one of the more sort of shocking things that's transpired is Sir Alex Ferguson, the former Manchester United manager, in intensive care after surgery on a brain hemorrhage. It's uh, it's sometimes incredible to think that these guys are in fact mortal. Yeah, it's uh, it's strange. You know, you always picture them as nothing could ever harm them or do anything. And here he is in hospital. And it, although it is amazing how the whole football community has sort of come together to, you know, give well wishes, that's always a good thing. Yeah, we do wish him a speedy recovery. And yeah, it has uh, it has been rather shocking and unexpected, this thing that's befallen Sir Alex. So we wish him a speedy recovery. Another big talking point is Arsene Wenger deciding to leave or being asked to step down or make of it what you may. What you may. The guy has been an incredible servant to Arsenal, but I think the time is right for him to move on. Really? I don't think the time is right. He should have stepped down four, five years ago. <laughs> you think it's too late? You don't think yeah, now is the right time? I, think, I mean, I think that the majority in the, of the fans that were in the stadium to see his final game at the Emirates and whatever, they were actually happy that he was leaving. They're happy. I mean... You, look, he's done a phenomenal job, no doubt about it. With very, uh, you know, difficult budget with Arsenal, you know, it was always about the pennies and the pounds. But you know, they, they've underachieved, and it, o- over time, it's gotten worse and worse. I mean, you know, they were once the invincibles. You've got to build on that, and they've sort of deteriorated over time. Yeah, I have a slightly different view in in that I think any team especially if you go and say, we'll guarantee you Champions League football every season for 10 years, you will take that. What's the point of going to the party if you're not going to get laid? Yeah, but Champions League football guaranteed for how many seasons consecutively? The team had to have won it at least once. I mean, even Chelsea won it. Yeah, fair enough. Look at this. Uh, you know, it's Leicester City proved that it's not the toughest competition in the world. Their first appearance, how far did they go? They went quite far. Quarterfinals. Yeah, they did all right. They did all right. Spurs, case in point. Yeah. Only a few years and they get through to the next round. So, I mean, they should have done more. But, you know, look, no, I'm not taking away from the fact that he's done a great job. I still feel that he hasn't, you know, lived up to the full potential. He could have done a lot more. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I think it was a super touch from uh, the the crowd at the Emirates uh, with their Mercy Arsene uh, shirts. I think that was a really nice touch. And the guard of honor for him to come out uh, was also nicely done. Um, let's hear from him now, talking to the BBC after the match, after a 5-0 drubbing of one of the teams that have really punched above their weight, Burnley, this season. So it's a remarkable day. It's an emotion. I could see the emotion on your face when you came out there. It's impossible unless you're a complete robotic, you know, uh, not to be emotional about that. Uh, it's 22 years of uh, 
total commitment and togetherness and uh, uh, it finishes on a day like that and uh, of all uh, I would like to thank everybody you know people have been great and uh, supported the team and uh, uh, I had the luxury to do that job for 22 years at the same club so I can only say uh, thank you I'm grateful for that and uh, I hope uh, as I said I'm I'm a fan above all and uh, and I will remain a fan what do you say you tip your hat or you doth your cap or whatever the word is or the phrase to Arsene Wenger on a, on a stunning career, but it will be interesting to see who they get. And, and I, I maintain this. There's going to be wholesale changes to managers in the Premier League, probably the most we've seen at the end of the season. I look at Claude Puyel of Leicester. I think he's he'll be gone at the end of the season. Watford's manager, gone at the end of the season. I think... Um, you look at Chelsea, Conte looks like he's on his way out. Rafa Benitez might be on his way. Uh, Big Sam Allardyce. There could be a huge change in, in, in managers come uh, the start of the next Premier League season. But anyway, it's Man City's title. They've won it, wrapped it up. Uh, Huddersfield did phenomenally well to keep them to that 0-0 draw. Uh, Huddersfield still not out of the relegation zone. And it begs the question, Tuesday night, Swansea... Looking for a back-to-back win over Southampton, it will be the biggest win of their season because this is essentially a six-pointer. Yeah, it's a massive game for them and also for West Brom because they'll find out their fate in that in that game. If if either or Swansea or Southampton win, West Brom's down. Yeah, I think they would favour either. I think they want a draw. Eh? Imagine it's a draw. And it comes down to the last game of the season. That would be just fantastic for the Premier League. I mean, all eyes will be. On that scrap in the bottom. Wow, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but it is Swansea who go into this one. The last time they started a Premier League match in the relegation zone, which was in March, they beat West Ham 4-1. So Carvial is a man under pressure. They haven't won in a long time. I think it's seven games. This is the game they need to win. And they're at home against the Southampton team who uh, haven't been in fine form either. So... Anything can happen, I, I must say, as a neutral and as a guy whose team is safe, I would love to see it. I would love to see a draw on Tuesday night. And if I if I look at the table, there's obviously a few things that could go south. I mean, Stoke were relegated at the weekend. Um, uh, Crystal Palace, obviously, Roy Hodgson. I mean, you've got to take your hat off to Roy Hodgson. He's, been, he's up for manager of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Palace had how many games they played when they started with, with Dabur in charge? Then Hodgson took over. They had no points from seven games or something like that. Looked yeah. destined to go down. And ironically, they're the ones that nail the final nail into the coffin of Stoke and Paul Lambert as they go down to the championship. Let's hear now quickly from Roy Hodgson on what it's been this season as Crystal Palace manager. And that win takes you to 41 points. I mean, just put that into to context from where you've come from, from no points after seven games. Yeah, it's, uh, I must say, after seven games, I would never saw it coming. Even after 11 games with four points, I never saw it coming. Um, I was rather hoping that this year would be a low-scoring year for teams that will stay up and that we would just sneak enough points to, to get there. And I really expected us to be still probably in the bottom three in the last two or three games. 
trying to get ourselves out of the mire in the same way that Stoke had to get themselves out of the mire today. But as you see, it's not easy. Um, and the thing that probably pleased me most today, I think a lot of teams, especially after last week's fine performance, coming here basically safe, you know, I know people talk about mathematics, but I couldn't see us going down with 38 points and minus 13 in goal difference. I think it was a really fine achievement to come and stand up to the pressure, play the football we did in the second half and get a victory. Although I feel very sorry, a lot of empathy for Stoke City, you know, it was not much fun coming off the field at the end of the game, seeing the pain etched on the players and the coaching staff's faces. But it's not us that have put them down, of course. It's the it's 37 matches that have put them down. We just happened to be here today and, and, and provide them with opposition that did their job. He makes a valid point. It wasn't them who sent Stoke down. It was the 37 other games. And you've got to look at Stoke and go, well, you guys just didn't have enough heart. And I think selling on Altovic was a huge, huge hammer blow for them. Um, if you'll excuse the pun. But they've got to bounce back. Can they bounce back next season? Are they the type of team you think could bounce back? Because we know that Shakiri will be out of there, Butland will be out of there, and a whole host of other players. Yeah, look, football is a, can be a cruel game. You know, Stoke have always been in the Premier League for the last 10 years. And, you know, they've been that mid-table team. They always, they're sort of like Burnley. You know, they could beat the big boys on any day. And then they sort of changed their sort of focus and direction. They wanted to be a more more European, more continental team. And now they find themselves in the championship. I honestly don't feel think they'll get back unless they can retain all those players. They lose a lot of players, you know, now that they're relegated. And I don't think that their team is strong enough to just bounce back straight away. Yep, I have to agree with you. I think that's the key. If you're a Premier League team relegated, you need to try and keep a core of players and bounce back up because the championship is a brutal place. I was chatting to Bongani Kumalo. We were doing a story on reliving the 2010 World Cup and he went off to Doncaster Rovers um, and spent some time in the championship. And he says that some of the best football he's experienced was the championship. It is brutal the amount of games you play. And he says that's where there's real men. It's like he currently plays for Vitz where he says in the PSL, you just breathe on a striker or another player or an attacking player and they fall down. In the championship, it's a lot harder. And uh, he's, he reckons the men play in the championship. So just to recap, at the bottom, Stoke are gone. They're, uh, so they're out of the equation. 19th place, West Brom 31 points. They've played 37 games. Then you've got Swansea 36 um, along with Southampton on 36, both on 33 points. Then it's Huddersfield, three points adrift, also after 36 games. So Huddersfield, Southampton, Swansea are potentially in trouble, along with West Ham, going into the last two games of the season. Uh, those three, I think Brighton is safe. They've hit that 40 point. Yeah. Those three, it could turn ugly if they don't pick up uh, results. But I think the cushion is that all of them have got two games, whereas West Brom only got one. Yeah, that's right. West and Brom have got one. So that could work out, you know, in their favour. But I mean, if you just look at, if you scroll through the fixtures, West West Ham got to play United. Yeah. Uh, they are at home, so that should be okay. And then you know, their last game of the season is Everton. So they've got two home games. Could be, you know, one could be winnable. But if, if you take maybe Huddersfield, they've got to they've got to play Arsenal on the final of the season, and then before Arsenal they got to play Chelsea away. So <laughs> it's a nightmare. Those two go south, and other sort of three teams 
or two teams pick up a result, you, you know, you, you could be in, it could be interesting. They could just be dragged in. Because all of a sudden Chelsea, after that win over Liverpool on Sunday, will think, hey, there's a chance of making the top four here. Exactly. Putting pressure on Liverpool, who have um, to One think... eye on that final. That's it. So it will be very interesting. But I know there's a whole host of, of fixtures uh, happening uh, this week um, that we can look forward to. I think uh, the, the, main, the main thing will be of the, obviously that Swansea Southampton. Then Wednesday, it's Chelsea Huddersfield, Leicester Arsenal, Man City Brighton, Spurs Newcastle. Thursday sees West Ham play Manchester United. And then Sunday, the 13th of May, this weekend, it is D-Day uh, for for this season, and it comes to an end. So it's been a cracking season. We'll obviously recap it when we get there. But from a fantasy point of view, Mo, I mean, uh, it, it's been very interesting. It hasn't quite been the season where you can like hedge your bets with certain players and they'll deliver consistently, apart from Mo Salah. Yeah, it hasn't been its traditional, you know, sort of fantasy league where you had a group of players who just outshine everyone else. You know, if you don't count Mo Salah, players have been, you know, on and off, you know. And uh, a lot of other guys have stepped up. You take, you know, Wilfred Zaha, you know, uh, Firmino. Jesus has been a revelation as well. Arnautovic, not too bad, but I mean, he hasn't been consistent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's turned up, uh, you know, at times, but... I think the the main thing is it's been difficult to pick consistent players. Harry Kane was red hot at one point, but dips off as you see in the season. Whereas I think last season you could probably pick five players and you would know you would get double figures from them most weekends. Got to mention well done to Cardiff who joined Wolves in the Premier League next season. So um, the Bluebirds are, are back in uh, the Premier League. It's going to be tough for them, I must say. It's like Neil Warnock though. I can't stand him. <laughs> you know, it's like an old wizard. <laughs> well, clearly he's done uh, magical things to get Cardiff back up. <laughs> you find so. a bag of funds earlier. I did actually. I found it on, on the N1 as I was coming from Pretoria. Got to quickly mention Steven Gerrard. Uh, becoming Rangers manager. That's a bizarre one. What do you think Stevie G will do at Rangers? Because, I mean, there's one club in Scotland at the moment, and they're green and white. Uh, it might be a, a big job, but hey, I mean, why not cut your teeth somewhere if you didn't want to do it in the championship? Do it in Scotland, where it's not that hard. Well, it's still not going to be the the easiest of jobs for Stevie G. Let's quickly finish up, you know, wrapping up the season, player of the season. We've already had Mo Salah as the, the, the writer's player of the season. I, I think he's going to be the, the player's player, surely. Yeah, he should win it. I mean, he's done a fantastic job. What is he? 30-something goals in... 31 Premier League goals, yeah. In six matches, that's an incredible... That's close to, close to Ronaldo and Messi type territory. Yeah. Although it was interesting, in the, in the Liverpool game, Gary Cahill did a number on him. He really did a number on him. And if you look at the way Liverpool are playing, like Jurgen Klopp said, there's nothing wrong with the performance. It's the result that was wrong. But that happens when you've got a, in a Champions League final to look forward to. Mo, we're going to leave it there. Thank you very much for your time. Good catching up. Your uh, famous parting words. As always, be champions. There you have it. Remember to follow us on uh, at Football2Plus3 on Twitter. We're on Facebook and uh, the CS2Plus C page. 
iTunes under the Ginger's Perspective and on SoundCloud. So you have no excuse to miss Football 2 Plus 3. Just a handful of games to go before the reason, before the season... <laughs> just a handful of games to go before the season wraps up. And uh, I can't wait to see Swansea and Southampton do battle. It's going to be an absolute cracking match. And uh, if we get a draw, well, it all goes down to the wire. Thanks very much for listening. It's been Football 2 Plus 3.